Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Sons of History. I am Dustin Bass. And I am Alan Joaquin. And just letting you know, we just got through with our Facebook Live portion, and we have decided on doing some changes. So our book and movie recommendation, along with our personal complaints, are strictly on Facebook Live now. We do share that video as well, so you can go on Facebook. Uh, check us out, facebook.com slash the Sons of History. Uh, check out our page, and while you're there, you can watch our little segment on the book and movie recommendations, see what we've got out there also with our complaints. And then while you're at it, uh, scroll through, check out some of our videos, um, and then also be sure to like our page, maybe recommend it. Um, and yeah, that's about it. So you're not going to get the book and movie recommendation and our personal complaints on the show, on the podcast, because we just figured it's taking up at least 15 to 20 minutes of the show and we want to just be able to move right into right into the episode right into the topic right. um without killing any time so i think i've killed enough time uh, with this are you ready i Good am sir? ready I am all ready. right alan is back i think you remember that he was gone last week we had a special guest when i say we i had a special guest on the show joe wolverton uh did you happen to listen to the episode no no, you didn't? No, I have not listened to it. I keep forgetting that you don't really care about what I do here. No. No, that's cool. No. 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 Wait. No. Hold it. No. No. You Time hold Time out. I'm listening. Here we go. Yes. You don't care about what I... <laughs> no. no, it was a really good conversation. You knew uh, it was going to be. Joe's... Right. It's his second time, but the first episode um, that we did together was right. just such a lot of fun. Uh, so we got to talk about mm -hmm. James Madison's view of impeachment, mm -hmm. um, what he said, uh, father of the Constitution. Joe brought a lot of insight. We had a good conversation. Uh, definitely did miss you uh, on the show, but it looked like you did have a lot of fun um, out there in Pittsburgh. and got to watch your videos. They mm -hmm. were fun. They were good. Got yeah. a lot of views uh, in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had quite a few of them. Yeah. And I think primarily because a lot of people don't really know that much about the French and Indian War. No, they don't. So, um, so uh, you are, it's so great having you back. Well, it's so thank great. Thank you, Dustin. To, it's I'm, so great to just look across this table and see your beaming face. I, I feel, you know, happy that I was <laughs> missed and. You feel happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> so, so very happy. happy. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about one. How was your trip to Pittsburgh? Uh, it, it was good. It was actually a, a uh, job that I had to do in one of our offices that uh, we, we were moving people to a new location. And I was putting 12-hour days. And when one of the days, I think it was on Wednesday, uh, I finished my job and then I got on a plane and came home and then got up early the next morning and worked another 12 hour day. So, but on the weekend I had, I had those two days off and I visited a couple of places that are important to our nation's history, primarily because the French and Indian war and all the colonial wars that took place prior to that, many people don't really know that much about, mm -hmm. but they had a very, you know, very important under, if we had an important understanding of those wars, we would understand why the Revolutionary War took place. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, let's go through that, shall we? Let's do that. And then also, you, you you looked handsome on the uh, on a couple of those videos with the black jacket. I was stylish, very stellar, I, and the and the scarf. I, I bought that in Paris. The jacket or the scarf? No, the scarf. Yeah, bought the scarf in Paris. You looked great. Well, you looked like you were ready to become a weatherman. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can uh, check out our Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, yeah. There's a forty percent probability of that happening. Yeah, exactly. Maybe twenty percent, but. Uh, all right, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Nine Years' War. What happened? Okay, so you want to talk about the Nine Years' War, or do you want to talk about the trip part? Which would you... Uh... Um, are you done with the trip well, part? Well, tell you what. We'll, we'll, you do know you what? have more to say? Actually, we will talk about the trip part when we get into the French and Indian War part. Uh, before we get to the Nine Years' War, I do want to talk about, you know, we, as we know, 1607, um, you know, we had uh, the, um, oh, hell, Jamestown. Mm-hmm. Uh, we settled in, ja- the British settled in Jamestown. And then in 1620, we had the pilgrims who landed in Plymouth. So there had been a couple of Indian wars. Um, uh, The big one, the big one I want to talk about was King Philip's War. Now, when you know, when like when the pilgrims landed, they met Massasoit, who was the uh, the Indian chief that kind of became their friend and ally. Well, he had two sons. Um, One of them, who he later called Alexander, he died. But the other one, Philip lived and he ended up starting a war with the new englanders um and and, you know in his mind it was justifiable we won't go into the details as to why but he was wronged and a huge war and that was they say is the most destructive war in terms of percentages in north american history most destructive war in north american history that that percentage of people killed people percentage of the population it wiped out um, yeah, uh, it, the, the percentages were very large in terms of, of the white settlers, in terms of the Indians. So many were wiped out. So many tribes were wiped out mm. or, or pushed out because of that war. Now, we did not get any assistance from Great Britain at the time. So it was, it was the first war where the different New England colonies decided, you know what, we, we need to kind of unite and work as, you know, for a common cause. Mm-hmm. And so that was the war that really inspired many of the colonists to kind of work together, have like an, uh, a common American identity. But again, no, no help came. But they were, the colonists were always mindful of the French and always fearful of the French, that the French could show up in their boats and their ships and attack. Um, even the pilgrims were afraid of the French showing up. Um, they drilled constantly. When they saw a ship out there the following November, they, you know, 1621, they were very fearful that that was a French ship. So and there's a reason why I'm mentioning this. There were several, there were three more wars prior to the French and Indian War. There was the Nine Years' War that I mentioned in that video introduction. Mm-hmm. The Nine Years' War, also known as the War of the uh, League of Augsburg, also known as the uh, War of the Grand Alliance. Uh, it was a war between France Great Britain and many other nations. Now, here in North America, we called it the we, call, we called it King William's War. Uh, that ended around, uh, I believe it was 1697. I'm, I'm taking yeah, 1697 was when the war ended. But you had the the colonists had to fight the French that were in in Quebec, mm-hmm. and then there were also some of the Indians that fought on both sides. So the colonists had to fight the French and because the French were a threat. So we had that war. 
And then in the first decade of the 18th century, you had, um, you had this, the War of the Spanish Succession. Now here in, in America, they called it Queen Anne's War. So that was another war where the French threatened the American colonists. And Queen Anne Queen, was? Queen Anne was the uh, daughter of uh, King James II. Um, she did not have any children. And so when she died, this is where the Stuarts came in, King James I. Okay. Okay. Um, she was the last of the Tudor monarchs. Okay. Queen Anne's War... We were threatened by the American colonists were threatened by the French. They were, so that, that took place. And then in 1740, there was yet another war. This one was known as, in Europe, it was known as the War of the Austrian Succession. In America, it was known as King George's War. Again, they were threatened by the French. France was always the constant threat for so these what colonists. So was, what was the Spanish and Austrian um, correlation or okay. the connection there. The the Spanish the war of the Spanish succession. There was no successor for um, the king for the Spanish king who died. So uh, there was no son. So um, uh, Louis the Fourteenth wanted to place. Uh, I believe it was his nephew to become the king, uh, to have a Bourbon king, and the prince or. Whoever was supposed to uh, become the king or the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, the Austrian Empire, um, objected to this because they didn't want um, France to have Spain. So there was a war that was fought to keep, um, uh, uh, to keep I believe his name was Philip, um, to prevent a Bourbon from becoming the king of Spain. Mm -hmm. So that war was fought. Um, now, the prince... His father ends up dying, and so he took the position as the emperor in Austria or the king uh, of Austria. So when he, when he um, got that position, he no longer felt that he wanted to also be the king of Spain because Britain then didn't want the Habsburgs to have Spain and Italy and Austria. That would be too much power. They wanted a balance. Britain wanted a balance. So that war pretty much ended. Okay, now, the war of the Austrian succession, mm -hmm. the, the king there dies, and, he, and the power then goes to his daughter, uh, Maria Theresa. Okay, so previously you were talking about Spain, not yeah, Austria, because yeah. you, you mentioned, yeah, that was the war of you the said Spanish. Austria a couple of times. Well, the war of the Spanish succession was like, it ended around 1714. It was like from 1701 to 1714. Mm -hmm. That was for Spain. Now go to 1740. The male, no. the male emperor, king, dies. He has a daughter. He doesn't have a son. He has a daughter, Maria Theresa. She's the mother of Marie Antoinette. She becomes the empress of Austria. Now, they didn't want to have a woman running the country. So Frederick II of Prussia invaded portions of Austria, Silesia, and took it as his own empire. Mm -hmm. um, so there was a war to, to uh, replace Maria Theresa with somebody, with a male. Now, is this Frederick of Prussia, is this Frederick the Great, or is this somebody else? This is Frederick the Great. Okay. That's Frederick the Great. Um, he, and he was, uh, he was in power um, during the Revolutionary War, if, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure he was. Uh, he was definitely in power during, this, during the... Uh, Nine years? Seven Years' War. Seven Years? The Seven Years' War, which 
So that war ended in 1748. Seven Years' War? Or the Nine no, Years' no, War? No, no, the, the King George's War, also known as the Austrian Succession. Now, that was when uh, Bonnie Prince uh, Charlie started an insurrection in Scotland. Oh, right. During the... During the uh, King George's War. So everybody's just grabbing for power at this point in time. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. So, so then we've got so, so that's the 1748. fear of France. So we have the fear of France. So that ended in 1748. Now, the war, the peace did not last that long because only six years later, the French and Indian War starts here in America. Now, this is where my little trip to Pittsburgh comes in. Mm -hmm. On October the 31st, uh, Lieutenant Governor Robert Dinwiddie of Virginia. Which is where we come up with the term dimwit, right? I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm sure there are other places that we can come up with that word. But Dinwiddie yeah. sends a major, a 21-year-old major, to the Ohio Valley to tell the French to get out. Mm -hmm. The French, who were in Quebec, also had New Orleans, Louisiana. What they wanted to do was they wanted to combine their colonies in, in Canada, Quebec, with the colonies in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. So if you, they would take the Ohio Valley, where the Ohio River is, yeah. and then that empties into the Mississippi River. So then take the Mississippi River. Pretty soon what you do is you have a solid line from the Great Lakes and Canada down the Ohio River, down the Mississippi, that empties into the Gulf of Mexico. Right. So... Okay, great. Now, here's the problem for the British. They can no longer expand westward. They, no. According to the British, they're like, look, we have more people, and we're not going to let the French get away with this. Mm -hmm. So it's not that there was a right or wrong, good guy, bad guy. It's just it was an imperial war between Britain and France. Right. So the key was modern-day Pittsburgh. Now, there you have two great rivers, the Allegheny and the Monongahela, um, they converge and form the Ohio River. Mm -hmm. So, October the 31st of 1753, Dinwiddie sends Major George Washington to tell the French to get out of the Ohio Valley. That is British territory. He goes there, meets with the French, and the French politely state, no, we are not leaving. You need to leave. This is our land. They were like burying these plates throughout the Ohio Valley saying this is French territory. This, you know, this belongs to King Louis XV. Plates? Plates, yeah, like little like markers. metal plates? Metal plates, yeah. Okay. Or stone plates. Mm -hmm. and, and they would put it, uh, they would either bury it or place them in strategically throughout the Ohio Valley. Okay. Now, King George Washington, he had surveyed that area before, and he had stated, look, there is a peninsula where the the Allegheny and the Monongahela converge to form the Ohio River. We need to build a fort there because if you can control that area, you can control the rivers. Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's where Pittsburgh is today. While Washington was on his way back to Virginia, Dinwiddie had already sent a party to go and build a fort there. They were going to call it Fort Prince George. So they passed by each other, George Washington. They passed by each other. They go... And they build Fort Prince George. Right when they're about to finish, you know, the French had caught wind of it, kicked them out. And then the French built their own little fort, called it Fort Duquesne. So George Washington, he was promoted to lieutenant colonel 
after he gave the report and, and showed them what the French said. Mm-hmm. Then what he sends him back and says, I, I sent a party to build this fort on that, that peninsula that you had suggested in Washington. So yes, I passed, I passed them. He goes, okay, I want you to go and reinforce that fort. I want you to build some, you know, some, I want you to build a highway between us and Fort Prince George. Okay, cool. So Washington goes there. On his way up there, he finds out. Now, this is, we're now in 1754. So um, in the, the, the colonists, the party gets there on February. Now in April, April 17th, that's when the French kicked them out. So now Washington is, is heading there. He runs into the party that was kicked out, and they told him, yeah, now the French have that location, and they've created Fort Duquesne. So he wasn't sure what to do. Now, he waited to get instructions from Dinwiddie. The French knew he was there. Now, over time, um, he was getting more and more, in re- he was getting more, and more in re- reinforcements. They had intelligence that stated that the French were in their area trying to find them. Now, was it to, for dip- diplomatic reasons? Was it to intercept them, to fight them, to kick them out, spy on them? We're not exactly sure. But on May 28th, um, there was a guy named Christopher Gist who had, play, who had you know, like uh, trade, uh, the trading, I forgot what, those, what that were, trading posts. Mm-hmm. He had tra- trading posts in that area. He takes some men to find the French in this one area. Washington finds out that, that the Indians, like the half-king, who was a Mingo member, Delaware, Seneca, they're not exactly sure, but he was a Mingo Indian, stated that we think the French are over here. So Washington and the half-king, the Indian, go on their own, take about 40 men. The Indians had about 12 men. Uh, they go, and, and this is where I went. This is one of the places I went. It was known as Jumonville Glen, named after Jumonville, who was the ensign that led that little expedition. So on May 28th, around 7 a.m., Washington and the half-king spot them. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like a little uh, mountain, not, not a mountain area, but there's these rocks, and just below the rocks, there's this little area where you, know, you can be hidden and no one's going to know about it. Washington snuck up on them, and they were positioning, Washington and, and the half-king was positioning their men to completely surround them. Now, here's where the controversy comes in. Whether they don't know who fired the first shots. They don't know if, if Washington just told his men to open fire. The, Washington stated that the French spotted their men, his men being getting into position. Either way, either the French fired first, we don't know. What we do know is that George Washington again, who was a lieutenant colonel at this time, 22, yelled to open fire. So his men opened fire. He had a 15-minute battle. When it was all done, uh, 10 Frenchmen were dead and 21 were captured. Now, one of the, there, there were 32 men altogether, 32 Frenchmen altogether. One of those men did happen to escape barefoot, and he walked all the way to Fort Duquesne to report what had happened. Now, I did mention Jumonville, correct? He was the leader of that. Mm-hmm. He was one of the ten that was killed. The half-king supposedly walked up to him. They don't know if he was alive or dead, but the half-king split his head, split his head open, scalped him. Supposedly. Supposedly. That's what the French said, that, mm-hmm. uh, that he was still alive. Now, didn't George Washington deny this happening? The or, splitting? Yeah. Um... Uh, you know, I have or his, did he ever get around to refuting it? 
I have his memoirs, and and I didn't I didn't see it. I'm not saying it's not in there, but I didn't see anything in there where he denied or confirmed that yeah. the that the Frenchman did it. He's my understanding you mean the from the half king. The half king did it. My understanding is is that uh, what supposedly. Uh, and I and I talked with some of the the, the there's there's um, these park rangers who who work at Fort Necessity. They stated that he stated that he was killed in the in the shooting. Mm-hmm. So um, the, Washington knew that the French were going to retaliate, especially when that one guy escaped. So he about two miles away, he he went back to the road, and you can still see that road that he built. Um, he was like oh. You know, we we need to build a fort because the French are going to come back. So he built Fort Necessity. Now, <clears throat> when the French did show up, uh, you had a Captain de Villiers, who was the brother of Jumonville. He showed up with about, and and there and here's a dispute also. He showed up with either 300 Frenchmen and 300 Indians, or 600 Frenchmen and 100 Indians. Depends on who you talk to, you know, who the historian you talk to. It's a little odd that you would those numbers would be like that. Yeah. But they, they don't know because some people say, well, it really wasn't possible to have that many men in Fort Duquesne. Mm-hmm. So some of the newer historians, the younger historians today are saying it was 300 and 300, 300 French, 300 Indians. Hmm. But initially it was 600 French and 100 Indians. And would you have gotten 300 Indians on your side at that time? Oh, yeah. yeah. Because uh, they wanted booty. Don't that, we all? Well, for them it's like, you know, they want to <laughs> ransack the dead and the fort and just take whatever they could. I mean, that's how they got paid. And if you can shed blood, then you your standing uh, was uplifted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they wanted to. The Indians were not good for long siege warfare. They were good for hit and run. Fort Necessity, they were attacked on July the 3rd, 1754. The battle goes on into the night. Around 8 o'clock, they stop, cease fire. French and and Washington negotiate. Now, Washington had an interpreter slash translator with him. The terms of surrender for Fort Necessity were that um, that it had, I want to mention real quick, it was raining. It started to drizzle, but it became a downpour. Well, you know, Washington's men had gunpowder. The Indians, they had bows, arrows, tomahawks, so they could have charged... And without the gunpowder going off because of the rain, mm-hmm. um, ineffective, they were they would have yeah. been slaughtered. And the ditches that they built were filled up with water. So Washington knew he had no chance. To, it would be a massacre if he continued the fight. Yeah. So the following morning, surrender. It was the 4th of July. They surrendered. Now, the French wrote like these surrender terms. And it had been raining again, so the ink kind of like splattered everywhere. Well, the word assassination was in there. Now, the, the translator slash interpreter, uh, when, he, when he was trying to translate the document, he didn't know that the word, he didn't know what assassination meant. There is no Dutch word for assassination. He was a Dutchman. I don't know if I mentioned that. Okay. But in his French, he, he, he didn't know what assassination meant. And Washington couldn't read or speak French. So he's like, okay, I'll sign the document. So when he signed the document, he's admitting that he assassinated. It wasn't just a, a skirmish. It was intentional assassination of Jumonville. That document made its way to Paris, and the Paris, the Parisians, the Frenchmen just broadcast it to everybody. Look what the Americans, look what the British subjects did to our people in France, in mm-hmm. uh, New France, what they called it New France. Yeah. So it led to the French and Indian War. 
Um, I, I disgusted George II. Sent- so how did that how did that lead to the French and Indian War? Because you have a battle between fifty plus British and Indians against thirty plus French, mm-hmm. and then you follow up with probably about fifteen hundred people in all okay. uh, in the next battle. Mm-hmm. How something? How is it that something that technically small uh-huh. um, could be more or less a powder keg to start an entire war that lasts seven years? Was it just like there had been such, um, I guess, instigation between the two sides there was just that tension. eventually it got to the that was sort of like the tipping point? There was there was it was the spark. Okay. It was, the, it was like you know, like World War One. You had one assassin. Well, you had several assassins, but you kill an archduke mm-hmm. um, and his wife, and it leads to just a, it leads to a global war where millions are dead. But that's, yeah, it, but at the same time, like the Germans, like were almost looking to have an excuse to start so that were, war. So were the Is British and the French. Is that sort of the same yes. thing with British, right. British and French? Right. Because and 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 I'll explain a little bit about the Seven Years' War because there's a lot that goes into it. Um. King George II was disgusted with Washington, and he was like, you know, we can't trust these militiamen, these colonial militiamen, to fight our battles. So he sent a, uh, a general named Edward Braddock. Uh, Braddock was going to be the man to save North America, um, to kick the French out of the Ohio Valley so Britain can continue to m- march across the continent into the Pacific, into the, uh, Pacific Ocean. Manifest Destiny, basically, was what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, Edward Braddock, he had an expedition to go retake Fort Duquesne. Washington was with him. Uh, Thomas Gates was with him. Um, I'm going to throw some names uh, because I read somewhere Daniel Boone was there. um, And many others. There's like a who's who was on this expedition. Okay. They were annihilated. Completely annihilated, annihilated in modern-day Braddock, which is just a couple of miles outside of Pittsburgh. Um, unfortunately, there's no markers there. It's, there's now residence. It's, there's a town there, but there's no markers that state this is where such and such happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, Braddock ends up getting mortally wounded, and it's a huge, huge defeat for the British. They, they retreat. The Indians were like, wow, it looks like the French are better fighters than the, than the British. Mm-hmm. And for the first couple of years, yeah, I mean, you know, um, now the British Navy, the Royal Navy did capture like some French ships. But they, what, have you read that book, The Last of the Mohicans? No, but I did see the movie. Okay, well, that was part of the French and Indian War. The, uh, uh, a general named Montcalm. Um, now, this was in uh, 1757, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he captured Fort William Henry. So the, the French were actually more successful than the British were in the first couple of years of the war. Now, the Seven Years' War, which started in 1756, you know, the French and Indian War was 1754, but it wasn't the spark that led to the Seven Years' War. What led to the Seven Years' War was not just that, but there were some, the, the Spanish, I'm sorry, the French wanted to capture uh, Menorca, and yes, here we go. Here we go. Your um, favorite place the, on earth. And then there were the there were battles in in India, where the French Mallorca. and the, the French and the French and the English were fighting for India. So 
Now, uh, Maria Teresa was wanting to um, get back at, at Frederick the Great for taking Silesia. And he, she wanted to get it back into her, you know, re-win it, um, mm -hmm. you know, revenge. Right. Uh, I think her name was Madame Pompadour, who was uh, King Louis XV's lover. They worked together. They conspired to start another war with, with Frederick the Great. Yeah, but that's pretty much all Pompadour and circumstance. Yes, perhaps. <laughs> but France and the Austrian nation went to war with Frederick the Great, mm -hmm. and they also went to war with England, and England sided with, with uh, Germany, and, and uh, Russia sided with, with Austria and France. Portugal sided with England. You had Spain was involved. So you, you Spain, war. Spain, yeah, Spain sided with France. So yeah, you had a. This was a world war. Um, I think Sweden. I think Sweden was in that also. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about the major powers now. Like the Turks didn't get involved. So the Ottoman Empire, they didn't get involved. But you had wars that were fought in in uh, the Caribbean, in North America. In Africa, the Pacific Ocean, mm -hmm. Spain, who controlled the Philippines, the British went and captured Manila. So, and there was wars in India, the the Indian Ocean. So we're talking all over the world that there were battles. Yeah. When all was said and done, Britain, William Pitt, who was the Prime Minister, um. Around 1757, 58, 59, 60, he came in, and his plan was, okay, we know France and Austria are going to concentrate their forces in, in Europe. We are going to concentrate our battles in North America and the Caribbean, which is what he did. He's the one who came up with a strategy of let's, let's just capture the North American continent, and he put that in place. Uh, there was a guy named Abercrombie who got his butt kicked. Jeffrey Amherst came into the picture. He took over. And with a guy named John Wolfe, they captured Quebec in 1759 and then captured Montreal in 1760. When he captured Montreal, the French were completely kicked out of the North American continent mm -hmm. because all of Canada surrendered. And then you had Robert Rogers, I'm sure you've heard of him, goes and tells all the Indians... Hey, you're now under British control, which is what led to the Pontiac's War, Pontiac, or Pontiac's Rebellion, however yeah. you want to call it. That's, that's how the whole Seven Years' War took place. The French and Indian War was just a part of the Seven Years' War. All those colonial wars, the American people were looking to Britain to help them because the French were a threat to them. Mm -hmm. The wars were expensive, Keeping the peace was expensive because now Britain had to deploy troops in the Ohio Valley. You had with the Pontiac's Rebellion, you had to appease the Indians. The treasury of Britain had dwindled quite a bit because of those wars. So you have King George the Third, who took power in 1760. He was no friend of William Pitt. Mm -hmm. They were like, you know what? These colonists, we need to tax them. So Parliament started taxing. The American colonists. Now, the American colonists don't have any, they didn't have any representation in London's parliament. They did not consent to those taxes. They did not consent to having, they're like, why do we have all these British troops in our country in a time of peace? Yeah. No. 
and we're not going to pay for it. And we're not, you know, we don't want, we, France is no longer here. Mm-hmm. We don't need y'all anymore. We can handle our own affairs. Right. And we're not going to be taxed by you because we never consented. We, we don't have representation. Taxation without, without representation, representation is, is tyranny. tyranny. Correct. So they felt like, you know, we're, we're, the, we're the child that turned into an adult. We no longer need mommy and daddy to help us out. And if you're going to sit and make us pay for something that we can handle on our own, we can tax our own, we can handle our own, we don't need you anymore. I, th- I find it pretty interesting that Lieutenant Colonel George Washington at the time mm-hmm. started, technically, the French and Indian War. Mm-hmm. And then 22 years later, we're seeking the help of the French Correct. for the American by George Washington, Correct. you know, who mm-hmm. is leading the charge there. Mm-hmm. And the French end up helping. It, it, it's it's funny France. to watch how that time span, uh-huh. you know, that George Washington has something to do with those three particular moments. Beginning of the French and Indian War, the American Revolution, and then the French Revolution where he says, we're not helping. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, we're fighting the French. The French are helping us. We don't help the French. Mm-hmm. And George Washington is in the mix of, of all three of those moments. Right. So I, I, I find it just well, very the, interesting how you know, time can, can just go by mm-hmm. and our feelings change. Right. Well, Fran- France and Spain, who had been thoroughly defeated in the Seven Years' War, you know, like I said, <clears throat> France was, was completely, completely kicked out mm-hmm. of North America. Um, they, in Louisiana, they gave what, what they didn't lose... They gave to Spain so that Spain would have that foothold. So Spain controlled Louisiana at that point. They didn't, get, they didn't give it back to the French until, about, during, until the Napoleonic era. Right. And so he, France had that. And he ended up selling it to He sold us. it to us because in 1800, there was a revolution in Haiti. It was a slave rebellion. Right. And they kicked the French out. Mm-hmm. So... You know, Louisiana, all that was supposed to be a base of operations. They were supposed to work together, Haiti and, and Louisiana. Well, with, with Haiti gone, and, you know, to, to, uh, to support what's going on in, in New Orleans and Louisiana, while they're fighting all these wars, mm-hmm. the, Napoleon, the Na- Napoleon is fighting all these wars against all these European nations, especially England. Mm-hmm. He needed all his resources helping to fight the uh, land war on the European continent. Right. So, you know, we're like sitting thinking, you know, we're going to, let's go see if maybe we can buy New Orleans from the French. So Jefferson sends um, an embassy to, uh, with the plenipotentiary powers to go speak to the Frenchmen to see if we can purchase New Orleans. Well, the French were like, tell you what, for a little bit more, instead of just New Orleans, we'll give you all of Louisiana. The Louisiana Purchase, Louisiana Purchase, which is pretty much all of the west side of America. Well, n- not Texas, Oregon, um, Spain. Right, but it was just this massive. It, it doubled chunk. the size. Yeah. It doubled the size of the country. That's why Lewis and Clark went on that expedition mm-hmm. because now we have all this land that we purchased from France. There, w- there was still the Spanish part, which would have been like Texas, California. Uh, that was still under um, Spanish uh, authority, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, part like 
with the Mexico and everything. Yeah, right. So, and uh, Oregon was a disputed territory. Um, we were going to go to war with Britain over Oregon. Um, there was a slogan. I think it was like fifty-four, forty, or fight. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Polk ended up getting Oregon, and then we had the uh, the Mexican-American War in seventeen in eighteen forty-five, mm-hmm. and we won that war. Wasn't James K. Polk's uh, nickname the Bear? Polk the Bear. You get that? You like that? No, I hate it. Anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just ruined the moment. Did you have one? Well, or were you having one right then? I was thinking then? of like a Facebook poke. Okay. Do you get those? Those like, are freaking weird. I don't understand I don't that. like that at all. Yeah. yeah. I don't like random people poking me. <laughs> Even digitally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then there's a super poke, but that's neither here nor there. No, that's not. But, the, but you can see how all those little wars just mm-hmm. led to not only the American Revolution, but... The, uh, the the Louisiana Purchase, but yeah. you know, like like I said, France and Spain were thoroughly defeated in those two wars. So, and it's interesting how out of necessity you yeah. end up going to them. Yeah, yeah, because they they the were enemy like, of your enemy. We will, we will help both France and Spain helped us fight Britain. France and Spain helped us not because they loved Washington or the colonists, right? But they did it out of spite for England. They wanted to get them back. They mm-hmm. didn't care how. We are going to get those English back. Yeah. And interestingly enough, that revenge ended up costing them with the French Revolution because it just added to the whole issue of debt yeah. that they were that they were in. Coming right. and helping us yeah. did not help them, and it ended up costing them uh, the crown. Yeah, the throne. Uh, they they, they dumped a to- lot of money, a lot of money, mm-hmm. and it's like money that you don't have. And we didn't have. Hopefully, we, some uh, congressmen are listening. Yeah, no, we, we didn't have the money really to pay back France. I mean, yeah. we were paying them back, but I mean, we were so much in debt. Had it not been for Alexander Hamilton, mm-hmm. um, he he saved this he country. Was a guy who was who knew he understood mm-hmm. finance, right? So, but but keep in mind that he was not part of the cabinet. That was in six. That was in sixteen. That was in seventeen eighty nine when Washington started his first term. Mm-hmm. Seventeen eighty nine. What else happened in seventeen eighty nine? He had the French Revolution. The beginning of the French. The beginning Revolution. of the French Revolution. Yeah. So Hamilton didn't come in and start with a, um, a a good financial system for this country. Really, until 1789. I mean, it was Congress. We were under the Articles of the Confederation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Constitution didn't take into effect until it was ratified. And that, what, took two years, just about? And it was written in 1787. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, keep in that. mind, we did not have a republic during the time. Shays' Rebellion. Shays' Rebellion was what motivated uh, many. And then the, uh, was it the... Yeah, uh, to bring everybody the Federalist- sort of under... Federalist Under Papers, one law, more yeah, or less. yeah. The Federalist Papers to convince people, to convince hey, people. Yep. we need to have a federal system, we need to have a federal government, we need yep. a republic. Yeah, I mean Hamilton did a lot of good. Mm-hmm. He uh, also instigated some. Yeah, well, Aaron Burr, but, but that's yeah. well. No, I'm talking about like the whole central bank system and everything. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, all right. You have anything else? Um, you know, if you if you do want to visit the Pittsburgh area and you want to see these locations. Uh, there is the Fort Necessity uh, Battleground. 
within Fort Necessity Battleground, you have they they rebuilt a, the fort. It's it's not the same fort, obviously, because the French burned it down when they captured it. But they, it does look the way it did back in 1754. Mm-hmm. So there's Fort Necessity, and then you have Braddock's Edward Braddock's grave is right down the road. You can see where the original, where he was originally uh, buried, and then where they moved him because he was buried on the road, on the road, because they didn't want the Indians to dig up his grave and uh, desecrate it. Okay. So he was buried on the road, and then later on um, in the 1800s, they moved his grave and put it to the spot where it is now. So you have that. You have Jumonville Glen, which is closed in the winter. I would recommend go there during the summertime. Don't go to Braddock. You're not gonna, there's, now, there is a museum there, but there's no markers. There's nothing to show where uh, Edward Braddock's um, expedition was annihilated. Yeah. And if you go to Pittsburgh... Go to where Fort Pitt, Fort Duquesne, um, you can see the spot where the Fort Duquesne was. And they have a museum there. And um, I I didn't mention the Forbes expedition where uh, the British General Forbes captured Fort Duquesne and it became Fort Pitt. Okay. And they named it after William Pitt. Billy Pitt. William Pitt. Billy. Who became Lord Chatham. That's where the name Pittsburgh comes in. Didn't um, somebody write a... A book called Lord Chatham's Lover? Lord no, Chatter- that's Lady Chatterley's. <laughs> Lady Chatterley, not Chatham. <laughs> Lord Chatham. Lord Chatham's yeah. Lover. Who, he supported us during the, during the Revolutionary War. He was very... He's, him, Edmund Burke, Isaac Barr were like, guys, leave those Americans alone. Leave them alone. Yep. You're stirring up a hornet's nest. Yep. All right, Pitt, ladies Pitt and gentlemen, as always, uh, we like to end on a scripture. Uh, this scripture, since this week is Thanksgiving week, and happy Thanksgiving, Mr. Allen. Happy Thanksgiving to you too, Thanks, Mr. Dustin. Thanks, man. Very thankful for you. I, I, I will say this, and I'm not just... Uh, Blowing smoke? Yeah. Up your Astros uh, shirt that you're wearing there. Um, am I wearing one? It looks like an Astros shirt. But, it's uh, just a color. I, I am grateful to you because uh, this is the one thing that I just look forward to every weekend. Mm-hmm. Other than sleeping in um, and working out here and, you know, whatever else I do on weekends. But yeah, this keeping is, your, your this, Greek god body-like thing. Yeah, see, like... Yeah. See, no, see, could we please with see that? See the muscles on my arms? Yes, but, I see it. What about my inner thigh? I don't want any part of it. Okay, well, I, I, I am grateful to have you... As my business partner and uh, my partner in crime uh, with the Sons of History. Yeah, likewise. Um, very, I find myself um, very grateful and I consider myself very lucky to have met you and be able to do this show. So I'm thankful for, uh, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the fact that um, you know so much about history and you make this show what it is. Um, and I think... Uh, I, I always have a good time. We were talking about that before we started recording. We're like, man, it's you know, it, we always look forward to it. I think that, I think that means that we'll be doing this for a long time because we both love it. We do. You know, we love what we're doing. And we both, um, you know, the, some of the things that you do, there's no way that I could do it. And, right. Um, and so we, we 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 you know feed off each other's strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So and uh, so like we said, as always, we like to end on a scripture. This is more or less a Thanksgiving scripture. Mm-hmm. And I think it sort of relates to you and I. Uh, this is Colossians 3.17. Uh, 
It's, it says, this is what? Colossians. I'm hungry for a Colossus. For a Colossus? <laughs> I, I have to throw in my joke. Yeah. Don't you like you Colossus? You know who you sounded like? You, Me. No, really? That was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> no. But not Colossus. Colossus are delicious. No, Colossus are... Uh, they're okay. I, mean, I, I like them. Yeah, the ones that have jalapenos bread, and cheese. No, that will give me diarrhea. <laughs> no, like there is no doubt about it. Are you it. lactose intolerant? I well, yeah. I mean, I lactose does not sit very well with me. But if you throw in jalapeno and cheese, especially the fake cheese that they mm-hmm. got in those things, yeah, you're you going like to destroy an, my stomach. You have like an Eric Swallow moment. Yeah, <laughs> you better believe it. All right, so this scripture, Colossians, not Colossies. Colossians three seventeen says. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So, you and I, I think we're just, uh, we're two grateful individuals. We're thankful for what we have. Um, and we're thankful for this show, for each other, for our fans, um, for the people who support what we do. And uh, it's great. It's always, ladies and gentlemen, it's always great to hear from you in the comments or in direct messages. It's just it's uplifting to uh, to to just hear hear from you and let us know what you think about what we're doing. Um, and if you per chance want to really get involved, you can go and check us out on Patreon.com. Uh, it's Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Uh, it's Patreon.com slash the Sons of History, and you mm-hmm. can help us financially by donating um, just monthly uh, to what we're doing. We're trying to get out to places like Pittsburgh. We're trying mm-hmm. to get out to places like you've, you've been to, to Boston. Uh, you went to Vermont mm-hmm. uh, and checked the place out. So we're wanting to do a lot of that. And then obviously we, we have our our costume rentals mm-hmm. that we do for the show. That costs money. Right. Um, more more uh, equipment to do to do better things, uh, mm-hmm. to, to do better recordings, uh, video mm-hmm. and audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not free. And we're trying to do things as cost-effective as possible, but we do need your help. Right. I mean, I I intend on very soon going to uh, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, Virginia. The Southern campaign. And I would like to be able to go with you. Right. The Southern campaign was a huge campaign Mm -hmm. in the Revolutionary War when the British were like, okay, we're not winning up here in the North, so we're going to try the South where we have a lot of loyalists. Yeah. Let's see what we we, we can get out of this. Yeah. Um, so yes, very, um, very important part. Yeah. It's, it's less glamorous than yeah. your Bunker Hills, but it's very important to learn it. It is. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get the video version of what we have talked about, you can go check out episode one. We talk about what led to the American Revolution. Um, and we talk about that as I play the role of Thomas Jefferson. Alan plays the role of Thomas Paine. That's right. And so you can check that out. We are in the middle of taking care of episode three with all the battles of the American Revolution. Uh, we are out. We just finished up 1779. Uh, and we'll be putting out some more years up very soon. Mm-hmm. So, Alan, where can they find us? Well, they can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. That's right. But we also have our own website www.thesonsofhistory.com I do want to mention real quick uh, I wouldn't recommend uh, viewing it through Internet Explorer because it's not made for it. Uh, No, it's not. Edge, Chrome, Firefox 
watch it and you'll see why if you go to ie uh you'll see like some of the letters kind of just sit in your face were you trying to like get on it at work at work, I yeah. was showing it to some people, and we would go through IE11, yeah. and, and, and that's, that thing was just trash. right there. Yeah. yeah, So we would try Edge, and it worked with Edge. Which they haven't updated Internet Explorer. I think they stopped like a year and a half ago, it, like just updating it. So IE11. Yeah. you got to get on Chrome. Yeah, IE11 yeah. Is, has been the same since. I understand why people may be a little skeptical about Google, because, yeah, they're a little power hungry, but it is, uh, it's probably the one you want to get on. So anyways, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we will talk to you later. We hope that you have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for sitting around and listening to the show. Um, also, be sure to check us out to all those places. Uh, don't just check us out, but follow us. Give us a like. And also, if you're listening to our podcast, leave us a review or leave us a rating, you know, somewhere around the four or five star mark. Um, and let us know what you think. Always feel free to reach out to us. We will talk to you later. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.